0: Yo, yo, yo. Just chats. Back at it again with another episode. Um, this gentleman, I haven't really, uh, I guess, had a chat to, but I know about his presence in the gym and just in the uh, the overall community of Mount Gambier. So, guest, who are you? Can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Uh, for sure, mate. My name is Ben Hood. And, uh, yeah, I uh, run a couple of businesses here in Mount Gambier. Um, I'm a councillor with the city of Mount Gambia. And do a few other things like that. But uh, yeah, here we are on a beautiful day in the best city in Australia.
0: Massive call. But uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. We'll just go straight into it, man. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, where you grew up, um, what school you went to,
1: and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, um, I grew up not far from here. I uh, grew up in Narracourt, mm-hmm. um, so 100 ks from, uh, from here in Mount Gambia, grew up on a farm. Just south of Narricourt, uh near Bullagoon, near the um, near the wetlands there. Uh, Love farming life. Um, was you know planning on staying on the farm. Yep. Um, but had a brother uh, who also wanted to do that. Farm wasn't big enough, so uh, I was determined to be the relatively smart one. I think. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but um, I uh, I was had a plan to go to uni. Uh, always interested uh, in art, um, so I studied at Narracourt High School when I was going to go to uni. And get into advertising, something like that. But then um, uh, an apprenticeship came up at the Narrow Court Herald. Okay. Um, so I started uh, an apprenticeship when I was sixteen. So in uh, 1996, and did an apprenticeship in graphic arts. And from there, um, yeah, my career sort of took off uh, in graphic design. Um, Around 96 was when the web was sort of starting to kick off as well, so I started teaching myself web, web development. Yep. And now that's, um, that's what I do for a living um, with uh, one of my companies, Hollow uh, Friday, yeah, which is a creative agency doing branding and, and web development for um, businesses all around the country. Man,
0: all right. Well, we're going to rewind for a bit. <laughs> that's my, my rewind <laughs> thing. Going into high school, so yeah. how was your whole high school experience? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy um, it Chemist- socially? Can we swear?
1: Go for it. Yeah. High school was probably a bit shit, um, I'd have to say. Like, I think with any kids, like, I think that's just a really awkward stage. Um, my voice was this deep from about 12. I was this height from about 12. I probably had this beard from when I was about 12. <laughs> but also had a lot of pimples. And yep. I just think in a in a town like Narrow Court, it's it's, um, I guess, if you don't play footy, if you don't play netball... If you're an arty kid, you're probably a little bit weird. Uh, I was one of the the weird kids. I had friends, you know, got along with people. um, But, you know, high school was just this really awkward spot. Um, I sort of didn't, I guess, didn't feel like I fit um, in anywhere particular. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that when I left high school, so I left halfway through year 11. I didn't finish year 11 and didn't do year 12. Um, And started my trade and started getting into the workforce. Like, I don't know, I sort of felt a lot more comfortable in in just, um, in working and, and, you know, being, being a part of that. So, um, you know, high school taught me a lot of lessons, but at the same time, I don't think I'd want to go back. What subjects did you enjoy at high school? I loved art, loved art, loved English, anything creative, anything I could put my mind to, uh, in a creative way, I really loved. Um, I wasn't particularly good at maths. I did like science, um, because I think there was a certain level of creativity, but still in the bounds of rules, you know, where you're developing, um, Uh, experiments and you're you're finding out solutions the thing where you're you're finding out outcomes of of certain things that you would do so I did enjoy that part but for me you know you would either find me in the art room or you'd find me in um the music uh room uh just jamming with mates yeah that's
0: awesome are there any teachers that really you know going back to your teachers are there ones that that somewhat like left an impression on you
1: yeah definitely definitely and I had an opportunity to thank those teachers um I was invited back to Naracoort High School a couple of years ago just to give a speech to the Year Twelves uh, and Year Elevens there, and um, I got to thank a couple of teachers who were who were really great to me. So one was um, Mrs. Hole, Miss Kay Hole, who was my art teacher. Um, she actually said to me when I said I'd got an apprenticeship that I was going to waste my life and I oh. should have gone to uni to do art, but she was doing that out of out of love because she wanted to see me go to uni uh, and and follow that path because that's what she had done. But um, I think now that she's realised that that was really good for me, and another teacher who was my home group teacher in Year Nine, um, who I sort of butted heads with a lot uh, in Year Nine, but ended up becoming good friends with, them, and that was Tammy Schinkel, uh, who heads up the Independent Learning Centre down in Naracoort. So, well up in Naracoort, should I say? So, yeah, they were they were two really, really great teachers um, that have um, formed me in 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 a way, um, and you know I'd, I'm I'm grateful for them for doing the hard yards with me uh, and uh, giving me a clip around the year when I needed to, um, figuratively, not literally. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm still friends with them now. Do you – so you said you dropped, like, gave up school in year 11, halfway through 11.
0: Yeah. What made you take that call? What was, what was the thing that just goes, yep, the same for me?
1: Uh, I think, um, I started, I, you know, I got into partying as you do when you're a kid, (laughs) you're 10, you're 11. Um, I sort of thought to myself and I had a few friends who were older, um, in uni and I sort of saw the fun that they were having. And I probably made a call that was pretty mature call to make. And I'm not sure how I even made it, but I think I looked at myself and went. Mate, if you go to uni, I think that you're just going to spend a lot of time in the pub and you're not going to do the work. Yep. But if you do an apprenticeship, you're going to get paid, you're going to learn, and you're going to have someone that's going to hold you accountable every day of the week because they want production out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I think it was more of just realising who I was at that time you know maybe a little bit lazy <laughs> and a little bit uh prone to um having a good time with mates and I saw the apprenticeship as being a real opportunity for me to to learn on the job um in any in a field that I wanted to be a part of um yeah and that was uh, i think that was one of the one of the better calls I've made in my life have you do you wish that there's almost like say i'm I'm a teacher
0: as you may yeah. or may not know, and I wish that there was actually like a role or like a a person that would almost like scan um, students' profiles and like see what they're doing and like see how they're going at school and stuff like that and almost say it's time for you to stop and yeah. go get a trade.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you, mate. I've I mean this well, this may be a little bit probably unpopular to say, but I think that there should be I think that any one time there's probably ten percent of people that should go to uni mm-hmm. and they should study engineering to become a doctor, um, you know those types of things. The rest of the people should farm what they love, get a trade, uh, get their hands dirty, earn money, and 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 just go with it. Because I think there there are like I've I've got a brother uh, Toby, who just struggles struggles with reading and writing. But you stick that guy in an excavator or in a big dump truck, and he works in the mines, and he's sought after by mining companies around Australia. And Toby. Is an absolute gun, and that's what he was meant to do. And yep. he battled through school when he felt, um, you know, he felt like he wasn't good enough because mm-hmm. there was a certain set of parameters at school that he that would determine if he was good or if he wasn't. Yeah, um, you know, and that affected his, his behaviour. Um, but you stick that guy in any heavy machinery, and he will run rings around, you know, the best in the world, and he earns you know a, a hell of a lot of money doing what he loves. Um, and you know that. If that was identified earlier, I think it would have saved him a lot of heartache in in sort of trying to find his way and and knowing that he was worth it. Because you know the saying goes. I mean, you know, if you if you try and teach a fish to climb a tree, um, you know, he's never going to get there. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the saying, but it's. Bad. I know what you're <laughs> it's saying. I know like what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So why what is the why is there this success narrative that at school you have to you know fit this mold, do this test, pass this thing? Well, like I understand, like you've said. There are occupations that do need those, you know, um, those grades and whatnot. But I'm guessing you've learnt as well that that's not not that I guess path to
1: success is the path to success. Yeah, look, I haven't. I'm not obviously haven't been involved in school for a long time, but I think I think it has changed. Like I think stuff like the independent learning centre and and having those pathways for students where part of their time during the week is 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 spent. Uh, in a trade or or, is, or a spender a tape learning um, learning that ma- more manual stuff or that more trade stuff I think is really important I think the school is I think the schools are probably getting better at it mm-hmm. I just think we need to need to know that you know not everyone's a, uh, is a is a round uh, peg that's going to fit into a round hole yeah um, and we need to understand that everyone's going to be on their own journey and they're going to do it at their own pace and I mean you know God it's an absolute really hard thing to do and I, I really feel for the guys who have to you know develop um, the Australian curriculum and those types of things but I think um, you know if we can identify those kids that, that are going to be more hands on and are going to want to love to do those things and we have pathways for them which I think they do starting to do and do exist now yeah. then I think that that's um, that's that's really important and I, I think we're getting better at that um, just looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's still um, more ways to go with that, and and also to drive that entrepreneurial spirit as well. That's one thing that we've got, especially when you live regionally, you've you've got to you've got to perform with what you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can really develop that strong entrepreneurial spirit in students and say, look, you can have a crack, you can you can develop an idea, and we'll give you the skills to be able to do that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So. I've got to ask, did you get any fights when you were at school? Yeah, yeah, got in a few fights. I was, I was pretty bad. Lots of haymakers, um, <laughs> not not necessarily connecting. Uh, yeah, had a had a few had a few fights, um, just because you're young and dumb, and um, that, that's just what you do. Uh, and uh, I, I hate fighting, like uh, you know, in my later years, probably got into a couple of fights with some mates at a pub between a couple of warring sort of factions mm-hmm. in Court. Um, I just, I really hated it if I'd, if I'd connected with someone, I'd immediately ask them if they're all right and pick them up and, and all that type of stuff. So sometimes you got to let stuff out, a fight's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, uh, back, I, I want, one thing, one thing I will say is back then we, we would have fights and you know, you might connect with someone on the jaw and then five minutes later you'd have a beer with them and be mates. Mm-hmm. Now, it, now it seems that the fights that I sort of see, not that I go to pubs very often anymore, but the fights are super duper more aggro, and like people really want to hurt people. Yeah. it's pretty scary. Like I'm not sure what that is about, but um, yeah, I I much prefer having a beer with someone who I don't like and working out of differences than getting into fisticuffs.
0: That's a very good point you make there, and it's almost the other thing I was going to say. Well, the thing that like prompted something there is. When they're fighting nowadays, it's getting filmed as well, and they're yeah. looking for a, rea- a a bigger reaction yeah. than just you know, like you you say. Oh, I mean, I think boys deal with problems like physically. I think it's <laughs> it's good to not good, but the fight's over and done with, and that's it. Yeah, like there's a winner loser. Okay, yep. that's you that's know. Right. But um, and now with like online presence, like the tension almost starts with this war of words. Yeah. Like both sexes, yeah. and I think with girls they tend to stay with that war of words or those those looks those those stares and like how like a little stare can drop like this bomb in someone's head <laughs> <laughs> like anyway but yeah it's it's crazy to think like can we get what's the best way we can almost um, demasculine the person that's going to lose so everyone can see that yeah. this guy got smashed
1: yep. yeah. yeah that's and again you know that's a, that's a real issue with social media I mean Back in my day, um, fights would start at Friday night at basketball because we'd all have, like, the under-17 comps. Um, someone would say something to someone. Uh, then that would fester over the weekend, and then there would be a fight at school on Monday. But there wasn't this constant barrage of stuff on social media. And I see it with my um, my daughter, um, you know, you know, on Snapchat, and there's just these opportunities for just this constant berating and belittling and bullying on social media. And it's a really toxic, toxic area, Mm. you know, and I really am concerned for, for young people with with regards to that. They don't have any respite from it. They don't get to go home and put their headphones on and not be bothered by it because it's constantly with them um, on their phone. And it's, yeah, it's, it's no good at all. It's no good at all. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I think you're right that, especially boys, we'll we'll deal with things in a more physical way. I think it's important that boys have an outlet for that, whether it be, you know, learning boxing or playing footy or um, doing something like that to let some of that sort of stuff out. Um, Otherwise, it can bottle up and and it'll come out in a lot more negative ways, um, you know, in fights and those types of things. Um, So, we we need to be able to curb that um, or give give the outlet for that. I, I think it's... I think it's wrong if we continually, just, and this might again be a little bit unpopular thing to say, but I think it's wrong that we constantly say to boys that, you know, they can't they can't be masculine for fear of toxic masculinity or anything mm. like that. I think it's important that the differences between boys and girls are celebrated, yeah. um, you know, and that boys um, may be more into the rough and tumble, but you direct that in a really good way mm. um, and, and, and same as girls, but that's not to say that girls, you know, can't, can't play footy and and all that type of stuff as well. It's still, I still I think it's amazing that we are now have um, you know uh, women's AFL and and there's such a huge contingent and a strong contingent that here in the southeast. I think that's brilliant as well. But at the same time, we should be able to we should be able to hold those two things together and celebrate um, the differences that that might exist um, between boys and girls, um, and uh, you know and and still being able to honour uh, each other in a in a positive light as well hundred percent. That's, I hate it when someone,
0: especially the, the things that I, I really don't like about being a boy is when someone tells you to man up. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> and yeah, when someone like, not so much the toxic masculinity, but like almost shaming you for doing like men things. Like if you said like physical stuff is like a, a men sort of thing and like to say, or oh, you shouldn't do that or don't do it that way. That's too, I, I guess, aggressive. That, that really takes the instinct of being like my thought process of being a man to get something. Yeah out of the way sort of thing yeah. so I just don't like how that's that's put on yeah. I guess kids and people nowadays because that's just what I am and what you are that's just you know different and I don't think people want that difference they want it to all be the same and blanket it but that, that's another discussion <laughs> it is alright so overall would you say
1: your schooling experience was a positive thing? even though I just said I didn't enjoy high school a great deal I would say yes I think it's important that I had that experience I would still want that experience to have it because every experience that we have shapes you in some way, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as it doesn't kill you, um, to use a cliche, it's going to make you stronger. Um, so, the high school, my high school experience, while it wasn't the best, I know all my other mates, uh, you know, will have a diff, will say different things with regards to their high school experience. I had this conversation with my mate, um, Big Dave Streeter, the other, um, well, not the other week, a little while ago now, but. You know, I sort of said, look, I didn't like high school. I felt really awkward. And he was like, oh, man, like, you know, I, I looked at you and I thought you were a cool guy and that's mm. why we were mates. Like, mm-hmm. there's, you're always going to have this, um, this perception of yourself um, and that's always going to be in juxtaposition with people's, other people's perception of you as well. Yep. Um, and I think, again, for high school for me, it was probably um, putting too much emphasis on what I thought other people thought of me yep. and also listening to that internal critic a lot. Um, which has been a problem throughout my life. Um, but high school, for the most part, I would say positive because I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people, and I would s- still want to have that experiences, even though maybe more often than not, it was not as good as it could have been. Yep. All
0: right. So you said you, like you said, you've, you've quit school. You're onto your um, your apprenticeship. Yeah. Uh, can we go and go into that a bit? So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, my apprenticeship was awesome. Like I had a great, I had a great um, teacher in um, in my friend Nat Burgess, who's still a dear friend to this day. Um, but again, I was sixteen, and like I said, and the reason why I didn't go to uni because I was probably a little bit lazy, a little bit forgetful, and um, prone to um, being distracted. For probably three and a half years of my four year apprenticeship, I was pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I know I was crap, yep. and I got told that regularly. And it wasn't like when the teachers tell you, Ben, you really need to knuckle down now. I had like the print shop worker, the print shop manager, literally going, "You are a useless piece of shit. Why don't you work properly? Why did you do this? You've stuffed this up. Now we've got to print it again." Like they don't hold back because you're a worker there. Yeah. And if you're not stepping up and doing the work, you're costing that business money. And I think I cost that business a, a fair bit of money. A pretty penny much, or two. Three and a half <laughs> years. But at the same time, I would not, I would not wish, I would wish to do that again because again, I learned... I. I learned how to do my job really efficiently and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I learned um, to pay attention. Um, I learned, I also learned that if you do stuff up, um, the best thing to do is own it yes. and just get on with it and make sure you don't do it again. Mm-hmm. I probably was that shit scared of being told off if I'd made a mistake. I'd try and hide my mistakes. Okay. Um, and again, that's just being young and stupid, being 16 years old and just being thrust into this job and being expected to be an adult straight off the bat, which is probably unfair. They, uh, that, that's probably a part of the apprenticeship was not great. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got better at that. But, um, you know, own your mistakes, acknowledge them, um, say sorry, uh, um, and also know how you won't make that mistake in the future yep. and then just get on with it and don't, don't let it bog you down. Yep. Um, but, you know, again, my apprenticeship was tough. But I loved it. I got to go to trade school uh, three times a year. Um, became friends with some awesome Tasmanian uh, kids uh, that were coming over for trade school as well. Went to Croydon TAFE um, and you know learnt my trade, learnt my skills that have allowed me to you know um, be be my own business owner for the last you know twelve plus years. So that's awesome. So yeah, you're really showing like that's your first time of being held accountable for your actions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. It was, and it's a wake up call. It's because they literally say to you, look, mate. What you're doing is for the profit of the business. Mm-hmm. We're teaching you how to do it. We expect you're going to make mistakes, but you've got to pull your finger out and you've got to man up <laughs> to use that word. There we go. But yeah. you've, you've just you've just got to get on with it. Um, and you know, because of my immaturity and because I was young, um, because I like going out with my mates on the weekend, um, you know, I, I it took me a long time to learn that lesson. Um, but I reckon in the last six months of my apprenticeship, I reckon I did. And, uh, and I'd sort of hit my straps then. Uh, I then left my apprenticeship and started work with another great business in Mount Gambier, which, uh, in Narracourt, which is Handsome Print. Um, you know, Rob and Sharon uh, gave me a, uh, gave me an opportunity to work for them, which I'm forever grateful. And, yeah, and then from there, bang, I really hit my straps and got really good at what I do. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, but it took four years. <laughs> At least
0: you got there. And yeah. the, did you feel like it was almost like a? Could you see like the the finish line in sight, or did you just feel like you'd go to work? And be like, did you not dread it, but did you did you almost see like how am I going to stuff up today,
1: or not really? Or like, no, I did, man. Yeah, I did. I felt I felt that. I felt that really keenly. Like, um, just you'd get there and you'd just be like, oh man, what, what. What am I gonna? What have I done wrong? Or I'd know that a job would go to the printers, and I'd be there at night, like just in my bed, stressing that I'd done it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, yep. you know, the web's different. Like if you can, um, you can change something on a website, but you can't change something on a print job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really scary. And uh, you know, for my apprenticeship, I was just shit scared that I'd stuffed up everything I'd done. Like it was a real worry for me. Like, um, you know, even talking about it now, I'm thinking, like, get anxious about it. Like, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, got through that and eventually came out the other side. But, uh, yeah, as a young kid, when you just know you're going to get strips torn off if you've done something wrong mm. and you've cost the money business, like, it's not a great feeling. But, you know, at the end, that sort of um, gave me a bit of a stiffer back to, to build get on character. with in the future. Yeah, build character for sure. Yeah. You know, that's, that's for sure. Um, but still, did I have an end in sight? Not really. I think I just wanted to get to the end of my apprenticeship um, because I felt that that was... Once I was qualified, then everything had changed and mm-hmm. I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, I'm qualified now. I'm never going to make another mistake in my life. Yeah. Which is completely wrong. I make mistakes <laughs> every day of the week. Um, but I think then a separation from the business that I did my apprenticeship in, into going into Handsome Print and doing work with them, um, I think that gave me an opportunity for a reset as well. Yep. And I think that's important for people. I think I think you, can, you come to the road with things, especially in jobs, you can come to the point where you go, you know what, I need a change because it's more about me just getting a reset um, and reevaluating who I am and what I want out of what I'm doing. Um, so I think that's always important. But then again, if you find a job that you love, hey, you can do it for 40 years and every day's great yeah let's go so
0: said you just said that you usually make a mistake every day of the week sort yep. of thing how do you get over the mistake or do you look at the mistake as like not a failure but is it like a pushing you in another direction sort of thing like how do you how do you approach if you know yeah I've, I've stuffed up how yeah. do you how do you get over that
1: um I've only and I reckon I've only learned this only in the last few years like I used to I've got a very, like most people, I've got a very nasty internal critic. Like, um, especially in the creative industries, people have this thing called imposter syndrome um, where I've spent a lot of my 40 years, 41 next week, um, waiting for people to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing and they're going to call me on it. Like just, Ben Hood, you're an imposter, you're useless, go away. Like I've just, I've spent a lot of my life waiting for that to happen yeah um and people find that funny when i say it because you know i get up and play music in front of people and i'm i I do public speaking and um all that type of stuff um and probably from the outset i seem like a relatively confident dude but for the most part i'm not like i've constantly got this voice in my head just going yeah you're a bit shit mate you should probably just pull pull up pull up stumps which is which which is weird but i've i've got better at at, it's still there, but pushing that down yep. and going, no, that's not who I am. I can. A, a friend of mine once told me this analogy. It's like you got a record, like a vinyl. Yep. You know, and it's spinning around, and the needle's in the groove, right? And if that groove is the, is a negative groove, you're just gonna stay in that groove. Like you have to do something, whether that's in your own mind saying no and picking yourself up on the internal critic voice. Mm-hmm. When you when your voice inside your head is telling you that you you know you shit, you're no good you've got to physically think, no, I'm going to jump this needle out of that groove and get yep. into a positive groove yep. in that, in that record. And and that takes time and that takes work. But I think if you do it enough or if you catch yourself doing it enough, eventually it becomes uh, a habit. Yeah. And, and that's been really important for me to just to jump out of that and to get, get in that, to that groove of, of, of being positive um, and, and now I've forgotten the question <laughs> that was how, how do you um, when you when you come at a loss or a setback yeah, yeah, how do you gotcha.
0: how do you yep. call yourself
1: out on it and I yeah, think it's just yeah. yeah you've really well yeah yeah I, I suppose in, in, in some respects I suppose I've answered it that, that way but yeah like I said like I do I make mistakes every, everyone makes mistakes every day it might be you know that I just said something wrong to someone so or, or I need to or I've just treated someone a bit badly so for me that's just going to them and letting them know that hey look I've, I've I feel like I stuffed up there and I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a professional sense, I think if you make a mistake, the best thing you can do is get onto it as quickly as possible because those things just fester and manifest yeah. and just blow up into these biggest things. I, rem- I remember just you know knowing that there's something wrong, knowing that I've got to explain to a client that something's wrong and putting it off and it just builds and builds and yep. builds until it's an almost an impossible hill to climb. Mm-hmm. When And then you finally pull that bandit off you call and you go, look, this is stuffed up. This is how I'm going to fix it. You know, I'm sorry. The client, 99% of the time are like, yeah, cool, man. Thanks for letting me know. And yep. you go, oh, if only I'd done that two days ago, I wouldn't have spent a whole two days with my stomach in knots. Yep. You know, yep. so just owning it as quickly as you possibly can. And I think that's another skill that you just develop, similar to your internal monologue or your internal critic and silencing that or telling it to shut up. It's just, it's a habit you get into. Like going to the gym. If you just start doing it every day eventually it becomes a habit where you don't even notice you're doing it
0: yeah 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 I think yeah going on I mean not that I'm super successful in my businesses or anything like that, but whenever I've had to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone the more I play in my head on what I think's <laughs> going to happen rather yeah. than just literally getting it over and done with that's when it starts like you said it starts to fester yeah and um a saying that i've I've, I've really picked up on the last couple of months is um there's no point worrying about the shot you won't or you haven't taken. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, building that storm in your head and thinking like this is going to happen and making and it always comes back. You always build this like scenario that this is the worst thing ever that's going to happen, and
1: it never ever is that bad. Yeah, that, it is. It never is that bad. Like it really isn't, and that's something. Yeah, again, I've really had to learn because I'm and my wife Elle says this. I'm I'm a scenarios guy. Yeah, like I. <laughs> I have every scenario in my head of everything that could go wrong and will go wrong. Those scenarios never tend to be what could go right and what's going to be really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. But I do that because that is a way for me to build this sort of wall <clears throat> so I can brace myself for when those really super bad things happen. Yep. So I've got all these scenarios in my head going on all at once, all the time, mm-hmm. um, just to sort of uh, build, uh, just to, as a defense mechanism against. Things that go wrong, but I can guarantee. But ninety nine point nine nine percent of all my scenarios in my head never happen. But man, I expel some energy on them. On that, do you ever praise yourself when you nail it? Then I do actually. Yeah, um, my business partner Simone and I, um, we we um, we did this business coaching thing um, that Simone won when she won um, uh, an award with uh, Women in Business and uh, um, with Wybert and uh, um, this um, business coach Duncan. Um, <clears throat> said to us, because um, this is after we'd sort of created Holy Friday and, and George the Farmer, and we'd had some wins with that. Um, Duncan said to us, "So how do you celebrate your wins?" And Simone and I looked at each other and go, and went, "We don't. Like once we've finished a job and a project, and we've got the tick, we just think about what we're going to do next." Yep. Like, and it was really, and it was really a big wake up call to us. It was like. Oh is that do you do that do you celebrate wins mm-hmm. and it was really weird and and I think we've we've got better at doing that but um I it is super duper important and and, it, and the celebration of a win can just be like just telling somebody just ringing a mate and going hey man we just secured this huge contract today and I'm just over the moon you want to catch up for a beer? Yeah, like it's simple as that, or it can be just literally patting the back. I found myself not literally patting myself on my back, but literally <laughs> sitting there after, like, a, like say a client sends an email through, just thanking us for the work we've done, or we've seen a really positive result, or um, you know, with the videos that we just that, that I just finished off yesterday to send off to the ABC for review. Like, you just sort of sit there and go, oh, "What well up, mate? Top job." And then get on with it. You don't, you don't, you don't sit there and yep. and, and fester on it because yep. then you know you become a bit of a sycophant to your own success. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's really important to do that, and I don't think not, not a lot of us do. Yeah, because we live in Australia, and with you know people who constantly pat themselves on the back tend tend to get looked down upon. Yeah, isn't
0: it's... that crazy though? <laughs> it's it's like, and you go to America, and like it's it's so opposite, like. You do something like, yeah, like a massive yeah. American spirit, like they go all out. But like, like if you've like celebrate a win here, you like you either looked at like as a dick, yeah. like, you know, like what an <laughs> egotistical jerk. Um, but that's, it, I guess that's the tall poppy syndrome that really happens in, in Australia and especially in Mount Gambier. Like if you do something good, people will hate on you. And I think the biggest thing I learned there is jealousy's earned.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> jealousy. Sand. That's a really good one, and I think he can probably wear that as a bit of a badge of honor too. Mm. With that, it's it is strange. Like the in the, in the states, like I got some American mates, and yeah, they've got this thing in their head of like this manifest destiny that you know if we work hard, then you know we're gonna we're gonna achieve, and and that is a good thing. And it's just like yeah, man, that is a good thing. Like why 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 is that not a good thing here? But at the same time, like I kind of like Australians that we are a little bit understated in it Yeah. like at the same time i kind of think that it's like you know oh man i saw, I saw that job you did like um you know the other day that was just awesome you go yeah thanks man yeah no it went all right and that's yeah. <laughs> and that's the very humble of it. isn't it you know but i think that's also really good because i think it then that catches you it's always good to 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 be humble in that respect celebrate your wins but also go yeah no that was good oh, yeah so how have you been man like mm. it's always good to because mm. then you're not you don't you you don't fall into the trap of getting so caught up in your own self that, yeah, you become a bit a bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, so we'll just take it back to like your career. If, if, if there was one piece of advice that you wish you knew before you started or a resource or something like that, what do you
1: wish you had? Uh, what do I wish I had? Um, yeah, more money? Nah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, money's always good, especially when you're starting, starting business. I think, um, oh man, I'm 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 going I'm to say that I pretty much I think I think I had everything that we needed. Like I'd been given the opportunity for apprentice, and this is just talking about going into business for myself and, and going into business with Simone and joining forces with her. I'd had an apprentice um, apprenticeship that people had guided me through it. Um, I'd had a supportive family, um, had a great business partner in Simone, um, and also you know uh, had. A, an opportunity to live in, in, in a place that, um, you know, is, is free and, 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 and happy for people for the most part to see them succeed. So mm-hmm. that was all, all, always really good. I, I wish if I'd been given advice early on, and this is advice I give to pe- uh, kids when I speak at schools and things, is that um, find, find something you love, figure out how to make money from that, and then figure out how to make part of that skill benefit your community. Yep. Um, Simone and I, um, we we endeavour to. I mean, we've never set a firm number on it, but it's probably nor- normally about twenty five percent of our week. Twenty five percent of our week will be working on something within the community, not for profit. You know, we do work for uh, Stanley like Stone and 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 RFDS and 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 other other organisations figure out a way to do what you love make money from it and then make sure part of that goes back into community because if everyone if everyone in Mount Gambia and Mount is a great example because a lot of people do this yeah. I and mean, this is what I love about Ga- Mount yep. Gambia because there's so many so many people are so community inspired um, and focused it's awesome but if everyone could give back 25% of their week back into the community in some way like every place would be like Mount Gambier. Yeah. You know, every place would be like in Mount Gambia. Like I've got a thing rattling around in my head. I want to figure out how to do it. I want to do a TV campaign on how to become a volunteer and I want to create a website which matches up, which matches up community organisations with volunteers. And I want to be able to, because everyone's time poor. Everyone might only have, you know, 5% to give, but that's great. And I want them to be, I want to be able to match that up because back when I grew up, Everyone's dad was a part of Lions or Rotary or Rural Youth or or all these other ones. Every dad and mum volunteered on the canteen or was a part of the BMX or part of footy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've got mates now that sort of say to me, oh, Hoodie, how do you get so involved in the community or how do you become a part of that board or how did you get involved in that? And I went, mate, it was literally when I arrived in Mount Gambia, I went to the Chamber of Commerce and said, hey, do you need a board member? And they said, yes. So I put my hand up. The minute you say yes to a community organisation, you're going to get known as the person who says yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all going to ask you to be a part of it. Like, you know, so it's once, if you initiate that contact, um, it, everything just sort of falls into place from that. And, but I've, you know, I get, I get a lot of, I get a lot of, um, uh, Uh, what's the word I've got a mental blank but I get get a lot of joy out of of my business out of Hollow Friday and George the Farmer but I get an equal amount of joy out of the work I do in the community and I'm not earning anything from that but I've just some of my best friends I've got in this city I've I've, I've, um, made by volunteering And, and it just it is a huge part of my life and I just I love it because I can see that playing that very small part for me uh, my, my very small part, linked together with everyone else's smaller part, makes the whole of Mount Gambier so much more better. It's funny you say. Well, not funny. It's
0: it's. There's other people that I've talked to so far, and they've said that the best thing they do is give.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: That's that's awesome, man. That's that's really good. All right, here we go. Time for the bulk of these questions. <laughs> what shit just does not work.
1: What shit just does not work. The tall poppy syndrome stuff, mm-hmm. like um, it's it's weird. Like when I, when I first came into the chamber of commerce, and we, we were trying really hard on the chamber of commerce to um, to you know get Thursday night shopping to work and to get everyone opening at the same time. Yeah, and there was this. I came across this culture that it was like if the shop next door to me closed down. It'd be like, yeah, I outlasted them. And you'd almost oh. you'd almost be happy for someone else's misery. And it's like, mate, you've just halved the traffic past your shop. Yeah. Like, it's it's just really weird. I just don't get I don't get how jealousy works. Like mm-hmm. I think I think I think we just need we need to get back into a mindset of celebrating other people's wins and being happy for them and that. And again, I think Mount Gambia does it pretty well. Um but at the same time, there are still a little bit of a hangover of you know um, you know this um, um, this f- almost vicarious sort of um, uh, feeling of glee when someone else fails yeah which is terrible yeah um, but that that stuff doesn't work especially in a regional community. we have to celebrate all the wins and we have to we've got to look we've got to try and look to the positive side of of of, of the things that we do. Um, you know, I'll, I'll bring up, you know, uh, the Rec Hub, the, the Wollanda, um, which, we, which we're doing as council. You know, so many people are very, very positive about that because they know what the benefits will do for the city. And I've been a huge advocate, advocate for that before I was even on council. But there is a, a, a small group in the city that, that literally want to see it fail no matter what. Yeah, which is weird because um, look, I understand that you know, um, uh, you know, there's 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 differences in 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 the in the price and all that type of stuff, and I appreciate that. And as council, we had to make some really hard decisions, and I was kept up at night on that, you know, and I tossed and turned on whether I was going to support the project or not. But at the end of the day, I knew it was going to be such a huge benefit for this city. My great my great grandkids are going to use this facility. Yeah, you know in Mount Gambia and we deserve it as Mount Gambia. we deserve this facility and I'm really proud of the work that we've done in that and it, and it is going to be amazing but there, there are some people that would want to see it fail to the detriment of the city and I almost feel like they'd rather see tumbleweeds go through the main street than see this city grow um, you know which is which, which, which and it's only a very small group of people so many people I speak to are super positive and even the people that pull me up on it and go hoodie man Seriously, this is a lot of money. Um, we're not sure about it. I, you know, when I when I when I talk them through the process of what we did, they come they 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 come around. They might not still not agree with that, but they understand the benefit that it's going to be for the city.
0: It's a bit funny, isn't it? Though, because I mean, a lot of people say that there's nothing to do, and when something finally gets a, a, a chunk of money pushed in towards it, they still don't want it. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I think the other thing is. It's like you said, like there's a small um, number of people. I guess they don't actually. There's a, a couple of sayings that really have come to mind, which is short term pain, long term gain. Yep. And the other one is. I think especially nowadays because, like, everything's so accessible so instantly. I like to call the current, um, I guess, um, not generation, but time period we're living the microwave generation In that they want it done now as <laughs> yeah. quick as possible. Yeah. And so, you know, they've got access to Netflix. like, I remember when I was growing up, if I wanted to watch The Simpsons or if I wanted to watch um, anything, I had to watch it at this time. Otherwise, I missed it. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? But. It seems like these people—they want it now. They want everything that—all the good things that come from it now. And if they can't see that happening within
1: a week or so, it's yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Um, look, yeah. Look, I'm an, I'm like a bullet gate. Um, like when I when I when I have an idea, like I want to. I want, I, I'll plan it out strategically. I want to hit the ground. I want to go with it. Like something that I'm especially noticing in, in government local government, things move a lot slower than that. Yeah, and there's things you got to tick off, and it's important that that you look at look at the whole the whole um, timeline and how you do things, how you do things properly. But yeah, there is there is this there is this sort of underlying feeling of you know why haven't we got this 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 and this now? And if we haven't got it, then you know, this city's the worst city in the, in the whole world, or, yep. you know, this this is just crap, and we might as well just throw in the towel, um, and that's, I think that's symptomatic of probably this generation now, like, like, as you said, like, mate, I remember sitting down in front of Rage with a cassette recorder, <laughs> pressing record on a blank tape, yep. when, like, a song came on, when Green Day, when I came around, came on, because I just wanted to get it on tape, and I was 14 years old, and i didn't hadn't started working at Woolies part time yet, um, or well, after school, so I could afford to buy a cassette. So, you know, this it's it's weird that we have this sort of um this thing. But at the same time, like I'm definitely seeing with COVID, um, and it's something that we saw um when Simone and I put together the Interact Limestone Coast thing where we did you know, just getting live streams from all over the region with people sort of doing craft and talking about the you know their interests. People are people are now wanting to sort of maybe, you know, I almost call it the slow down movement. Like they're mm-hmm. starting to want to slow down again. Mm-hmm. They want to get back into painting and planting a veggie patch. I mean, I don't know how many of my mates are now into Weber's, like cooking with Weber's. I've got four Weber's at home. My wife's like, "Why do you need another Weber?" I said, oh, "I need another Weber." But you know, <laughs> cooking a lamb, I'm, and I'm after this podcast. I'm going, I'm going home and I'm putting a lamb shoulder on, and it's going to take six hours to cook, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Is, and that's
0: the thing, like, and it's. Like if you said it's it's a six hour process, and yes, for some people that's an extremely long time. But six hours is going to pass no matter what. Yeah, isn't it? That's it. And the end product is I'm I'm going to say it's going to be a <laughs> sick piece of meat. but it's going to be awesome. People don't see that; they want it now, now, yeah, now. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah, 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 it's 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 crazy. So, you know, but I think again, we're human beings; we can't help but just swing. The pendulum always swings to the extremes. Yes. Very rarely do we ever find ourselves in the middle. When you do find yourself in the middle, man, embrace it because eventually we're going to swing back again. <laughs> you know, either to you know, either to one side or the left. We we love extremes as as human beings, mm-hmm. um, but you know, if you if you can in your own little universe, in your own little world, even just in your own mind, just try and come back to the centre, yeah, uh, and just and chill for as long as you can, um, and and. Embrace what you love, do what you love for for yourself. you know don't don't post it on social media. don't get the dopamine hit of likes just just do what you do f- for the love of it. Hey man, I'm guilty of that like you know hell I'll probably even take a picture of this lamb shoulder and stick it on, <laughs> stick it on one of the wedding many Weber groups I'm on just to show off just to show off what I'm doing but you know in, enjoy the process as well um, you know and try and try and slow, try and slow things down a little bit every now and again.
0: Awesome man. Have you ever had a light bulb moment, and what I mean by that is when did things just start to make sense for you?
1: Yeah, I did. I have, and it's been that that light bulb moment, I think for me has been again just going back to that inside of there that 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 internal voice, that internal critic that's been really loud for me and and really a negative impact on my life mm-hmm. getting to the point where... Well, having that light bulb moment but knowing knowing that that voice isn't me that that's not that's not who I am it might be a part of who I am some of the things it might say might be true about yep. me yep but it's only an impot- it's only a catalyst for me to either better myself mm-hmm. or to tell that voice to shut up yeah. and say no that's not who I am that's not who I am as a person um and uh and just yeah getting just ensuring that Catching myself in it when I'm being negative about myself in my own head, catching myself in it, <clears throat> and like I said, with that, that, that just trying to jump that needle out of that groove and get into a different, different groove on my, on my um, vinyl of life. You know, I think that's been probably the biggest light bulb moment um, for me um, to, you know, to, to to get out of that sort of, you know, that that rut of anxiety and um, and uh, worry and and all that type of stuff. So that's been really important for me to do that.
0: Do you see as, like, looking back at it when you get yourself out of that worry and that that negative groove that it's not... Not so much that you've wasted
1: time on it, but it's like, what was I doing there in the first place? Yeah, man. Oh, it's like, a, like, like what we said with that putting off putting off bad news or, or, or ringing that client and telling them that something's <clears throat> gone wrong or, or just ripping that Band-Aid off. The longer you do it, the yep. bigger it gets. But it is... It's, an invi- it's, it's it's a miserable ghost. Like, it is literally nothing. Because the minute you make that call, no matter how hard it is, the minute you rip that band-aid off, you go, how did I waste my time on that? Yep. Like, that is time I'm never going to get back. And the older you get, the more you realise that is not time I'm going to get back. I mean, I've wasted months, I've wasted years worrying about shit that I didn't need to worry about. Yep. And, it's, and it, it pains me that I did worry about it and that, that, it, that it did have such a negative impact on, on my family on myself on my health um, you know but at the same time I've learned from that which is which is an important process and an important thing to do as well is to take those learnings into and, and to do something with them but it's they are miserable miserable ghosts that voice inside your head is a miserable ghost that worry that thing you're worrying about is will amount to nothing. Mm. The minute you do something about it, it will disappear. So, you know, the quicker you get onto it, um, and the quicker you own it, and the quicker you realise that that, your mistakes aren't you either. Like, they're not you. Um, Never are you. Like, you can can do the worst thing in the world. Like, I gave this counsel to a friend of mine a long time ago who'd stuffed up in a big way. And I said, nothing that you've done... Cannot be apologised for, and you cannot start to put right. You know, they didn't. They chose not to take that um, advice, unfortunately. Um, but you know, you, yeah, I, you know, if there's one thing, yeah, and I know this is a question that comes up, but if there's one thing that that anyone would take off this, you know, um, your mistakes aren't you, and there is nothing that you can't fix and move forward on as a lesson. You know, for your life, and you'll be so much better for it, and it'll be a weight a weight gets taken off your shoulders um, the minute you do that, the minute you acknowledge that and that it, that it's not going to be this pressing thing, this miserable ghost in your life going forward.
0: That's mm. some, some absolute gem <laughs> knowledge right there, man. That's... Man, I
1: hope I remember it so I live by it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to the podcast.
0: All right. Um, I guess we'll, go, yeah, we'll start going into these ones now. So what do you think most people are doing wrong? Like day-to-day, what is just the thing that's a waste of time?
1: Um... Oh, man, I'd be hesitant to to um to pick out what other people are doing wrong because i do I do lots of things wrong every day. Um, yeah, I think it's again, I mean it's I suppose to that part without mistakes, like feeling like your mistakes own you mm-hmm. when you can just own your mistakes and move past them. yeah, but I think and I think it's also worrying what other people think of you, yeah, like don't don't that that's that is almost as bad as that internal voice inside your own head. Because that internal internal voice inside your own head is is a nothing voice. And the scenarios and the the things that you think people are thinking about you Mm -hmm. are never, ever true. They're not thinking about you. My grandma gave this advice to my mum and my mum gave it to me. Don't worry about what people think of you because they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves 99% of the time. Yep. And they've got their own internal voices Mm. and they've got their own shit that's going on. Just... Don't worry about what people think of you because they've got their own shit. Just don't worry about it. Just know that the only thing that you can affect is your response to them and just try and make that response kind and generous because every, everyone's going through their own shit. yeah no doubt about it, whether you're the Prime minister, uh, all the way down to you know little little Ben Hood in Mount Gambia, um, plugging along designing websites. Everyone has got their own crap going on. Just try and... when you And I think when you acknowledge that, you can be more kind and generous to people too. Um, I, I listened to a, I listened to a, a podcast um, and this guy says the best thing that he's ever done to make himself more kind to people is to literally picture everyone as their baby self. Because when you look at someone as... If you look at someone and you go, you were a baby once, oh, you would have been a cute baby. I can't be mad at you. I'm going to be nice to you now. <laughs> and no, no joke. It works. Like if I'm thinking about someone who's just has been giving me grief, or um, you know, and and I had a, had a bit of that a little while ago. A lot of people didn't didn't necessarily like me for some decisions that were made. But you know, just think of them as their baby self, and you go, oh, man, how can be how can you be angry at a baby?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm going to touch up on what you said there. The thing, another thing that I really learned in the, like, I guess I'd say the last year is that real estate that's in your head, yeah. if you're letting someone else occupy that with their opinions and their voice, then, you know, they, they're almost controlling you. Yeah. Like, why would you let someone, like, let's say, for example, if you've got a house and you're letting someone just go in there for free and, you know, you're paying all the bills and all this stuff and they're using your space, which is your head... That you wouldn't let that fly. So why let someone else's opinion or voice or judgment really get to you when
1: there's no point? Yeah, that's it. And there is no point. But it's
0: a—it's hard
1: to call yourself out on that, isn't it? It is. It's a muscle that you've got to develop. Like same as you go to the gym and you and you and you work on things that you want to look better. You've got to do that internally. You have to do that emotionally. Mm. Um, you know, and, and consciously that it's a muscle that you need to train. When you find yourself listening to that internal critic, when you find yourself thinking that someone doesn't like you or, or they have said something nasty to you and you've given them that real estate in your head, you've got to consciously think, no, I'm not going to react to that. Because at the end of the day, that's all you've got. You've got your reaction mm. to those external uh, environments and those things that are happening. And if you choose not to react to it, and you develop that muscle, and you build that up. Um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna pull. You're gonna get to a point where you pull yourself out of it automatically. Yeah. You know, just like getting going to the gym or you know lifting, lifting big weights. Eventually, that big, you know, eighty kilogram bench press is is just gonna happen because yeah. it's just muscle memory, and you've got the strength. Eventually, when bad stuff happens, when that internal critic cranks up, when someone out in the community has a go at you. You are going to naturally just be able to go, yeah, yeah, I take on board what you're saying. I don't agree with you. It's not going to form who I am and my opinion of myself. Happy days to you. I'm, I'm looking at you like you're a baby now. I think you're cool. Bye. <laughs> you know?
0: So we'll flip it on its head. So people that, you know, what, what people are not doing day to day, what do you think people shouldn't, what are, sorry, what do you think people aren't
1: doing enough
0: of? So what do people overlook?
1: Uh, I think people overlook the fact that busy isn't a virtue. Yes. Um, busy isn't a virtue. Um, and I'm guilty of this f- f- five ways till Sunday. Um, and I always make a joke when I ask someone, when I see someone down the street, how are you, mate? You know? And I always go, yeah, busy. Yep. Or they'll say to me, oh, hoodie, how you going? You know, how's work? Oh, mate, busy. But I always followed up with, but hey, everyone's busy, mm. you know, and they agree with me because we all are, because we all are, but you know, computers were meant to make our lives easier. They haven't. They've made them more constantly all the time on, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that um, what we're not doing enough of is, 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 is just taking time, taking time to do the things we love taking time to hang out with the people that we love and making them important i mean i look at some of my mates who have got that down and go and i envy them like yeah. I, I look at them and go oh man you guys have got it right you know they might not be you know president of this or or whatever that but you know they're the true mvps because they they figured it out yeah you know the weekend is they go up a fish you know they they go down they 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 just go down for breakfast uh, at Metro or, um, you know, they go have a beer with their mates on a Sunday afternoon um, and, you know, and, and they know in their own head, man, I'm, I'm doing this because um, because I don't have to be busy all the time. That's not who I am all the time. Yeah. And too many of us, you know. And I, and I say this, and when we say, you know, what are people doing wrong or what are, what are people not doing that part of, I'm not talking about other people, I'm talking about myself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. This is what I do wrong, you know. Busy is a state of mind, or busy is a uh, busy is a um, uh, is a job for me, um, and I've got to catch myself on that. And we've got to figure out that you don't have to be busy all the time. Um, you know, you have just you've you've got to find that that slow down time, that breathing space, um, whatever that might be, um, and enjoy what we've got. I mean, you know, we do. I mean, I'm the most parochial Mount Gambier person. <laughs> I honestly think this is the greatest city in the world, mate. I love it. I love it, and I've, I've been to other cities. I know that we're cold and, and other things, but, you know, I just, I love what we've got here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's the, you know, I reckon it's the best of everything. So just, yeah, slow down and enjoy it. You know? Way to go. Tell me about your biggest setback. Biggest setback. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, one of the, I think um, my life would have changed a lot um, would have changed a bit I think if my stepdad hadn't passed away from cancer because it was right when I was um, right when I was in a really funny spot um, with work and relationships and just knowing who I was and what I was meant to do with my life mm-hmm. I was sort of you know, 20, 21 just in this awkward spot things weren't going the best for me and I think if Patrick had been around and sort of been there to speak some wisdom into my life, like I think things would have been a lot different. But also, at, but at the same time, like I think, you know, that also shaped me because I became a bit of a father figure for my younger brother Liam. Um, you know, and and I would never, and I would, I'd hate to lose that. Um, although it would be a million times better if Patrick had been been there for Liam. Um But you know, that that relationship that I've got with my brother is very very sacred to me and, and I cherish it a lot um, I think I, I, yeah, I, I'm hesitant to call it a setback but I think my life would have been marketedly different I think I probably would have been I think I would have learnt these lessons earlier had yep. Patrick been around Yeah. Um, so I think that's a setback but at the same time I'm forever grateful and blessed for the life I've had because I've got a beautiful wife and three beautiful kids and I run a couple of businesses and again I live in Mount Gambia and I've got I've got amazing friends and I'm doing what I love and I get to serve my community and, um, and be a part of a, you know, play a very small part in a, in an awesome place. So yeah, I I haven't had too many setbacks, but that would be one that would have, would have made my life differently and probably maybe a little bit easier earlier.
0: So did you, Patrick, his name was, sorry. Patrick. Yeah. So would you say that, um, I guess, I think it's really important for males to have like a, a male role model or someone to, you know, to get those life lessons from. Like, I think males are like, like we I think males are very brutally honest. We're very factual. We're very logical. And just having that, um, male role model really shapes, um, boys into men sort yeah. of thing. Would you say that was, that oh, was
1: his job? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's not to take away from my dad. Um, you know, uh, um, my dad's been a good dad too and has certainly taught, taught me a lot. Um, but you know, obviously, my mum and dad had separated, so Patrick was someone who was very present to me. Um, you know, he was a very kind and generous man, um, but didn't take shit either. He <laughs> yeah. killed you out on it. And I think that um, you know, it really, it really pains me um, that um, a lot of kids don't have that positive male influence. And yep. I think that that is an almost. I think, I think that's an epidemic in this country, if not around the world, that there are not those positive male role models. I think that that, um, especially for boys, but also for girls, because I think that without those positive male role models, boys don't know what it is to be a man. Yep. um, And how to, um, and how to harness that masculinity to, to be positive Mm -hmm. um, and to be protective and girls when they don't have a positive role, um, male role model, don't know what it is that they should expect from a man. Yes. When they get into relationships and when they're into in, when they're in business, and and they think that the stuff that some blokes do is okay when it's completely not, you know. Um, and I mean, first and foremost, positive male role models are about the respect that should be shown mm-hmm. to women. But also the respect that should be shown to other men when you're talking about boys, and for girls it should be to know that they deserve respect. Um, and I think that we, I think that we would see a markedly reduced domestic violence in this country if there were more positive, if if there were more positive male role models, both for women and for men, because girls would know what. What sh- what what should they expect? And boys yeah. should know what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, in 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 that, um, I think that's and that can be, look. I understand that there's single families and um and there's and there's um, same sex families, um and 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 all all power to you. And positive role mo- male role models can be grandfathers. Mm. They can be um, they can be uh, they can be family friends. They can be anybody. Your boss. Your boss. You, they can be. They can be anywhere you look can be a positive male role model a positive male role model for me was um a friend of mine called malcolm uh, malcolm mckechran uh, down in at Hanson print had a huge positive effect on my life he mm. you know he taught me that it's you know uh it's better to be kind it's it's and it's better to be you know it's it's good to have a bit of fun and um it's good not to judge like he gave me some really good um really good positive um models to sort of follow in my early 20s um which I probably missed out with Patrick and, you know, my dad has shown me that it's good to be industrious and it's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's good to, um, it's good to get your hands dirty. And my, my grandfather's both Lindsay on the hood side and Lavington on the, on the Fisher side were both very different men, but both amazing influences on my life and taught me how to work hard. Um, taught, taught me that faith is good. Um, and that, um, and that, Whatever you do, you you give back to your community as much as you possibly can. You play that small part in your community because um, without it, communities don't exist.
0: Do you think, I guess, because a lot of young males are now, you know, on social media and they're seeing this, uh, almost this boy that's just like, almost like a rat bag and doesn't really, like they make success look
1: easy. Yep. Do you think that that's damaging? It is. It, it's damaging in a sense that um, nothing is easy. And like what we said with, you know, to coin your phrase, Mo, like the, the microwave generation, everything yeah. happens now. Like, you know, kids come out of uni, they expect to have $120,000 jobs right after that. bat. <laughs> Bang, yeah. that's going to happen. Or, you know, you, you go into a trade and you expect, you know, how you're going to knock up a house in half a day and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have the best, um, you know, best, uh, you know, dual cab ute. Uh, the, the minute you, you start your trade apprenticeship and all that type of stuff, that that's not realistic. It's not true. That's not going to happen. Um, all of this is hard work, and and part of being a positive male role model and a positive female role model. Because I've got I've got I've got women that speak amazing wisdom into my life, and I'm, and I love them for it. That you know these things aren't easy, and yeah. these things take time, and you need to develop your skills. And again. You've got to make mistakes, but the mistakes aren't you. Um, own them. Uh, own every single part of it. Even if you've got to sit and wallow in that, um, not wallow, but even if you've got to sit in that feeling of, oh, man, I stuffed up. I'm such an idiot. If you just got to sit in that for a bit but then break out of it, then, you know, they, that's good too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, nothing happens overnight. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a quote a famous commercial from back in the day, it doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. And it will happen. You know, um, this is what, you know, this is what I'd speak to all the young guys and all the young girls out there, especially with the the horrible sort of um, rate of suicide that we have in this country. Nothing is so bad that it won't get better. Yeah. You know, nothing is so bad that it won't get better. Yeah. It might take a week. It might take six months. It might take a day, but it will always change. Life is all about change and it is ups and downs, but it will get better. Mm. It will get better.
0: What excites you, Ben? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All the types of things. Uh, cooking this slam shoulder on my website. I'm keen me. for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that excites me. Um, uh it depends on what hat I've got on. Like, um, uh, you know, um with my community hat on, just seeing amazing things happening in the community, seeing seeing people doing amazingly cool things, you know, like you guys with the cookies and and um, and dealing with the with the scrolls and uh, you know uh, just all of that like that really excites me. Seeing people in Mount Gambier do amazing things, especially in business, just gets me super duper excited. Because yeah. I just think, oh man, this is so good. My city is just getting even better. Um, it, this is just this is just awesome. Um, that's that's super duper excites me like just knowing knowing that these things are happening knowing people are pushing knowing people are are striving and grinding you know that just makes me super happy um because it just makes our city better and it goes oh man this place is going to be even better place to live in like that's that's awesome um what excites me just just personally on a personal level like i just love looking at art uh, that yeah. super duper excites me I was lucky enough I was in Canberra on the weekend um, and I got to go to the National Gallery which I hadn't gone to before and I spent I think I spent two and a half hours there just walking around with a good mate of mine um, but I spent a significant amount of time in the Abra- Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders wing of the National Gallery and that was phenomenal there was some some, um, some really um, there was some, some stuff some old art and there was some really new stuff coming out from the First Nations people and it was inspiring like it was Awesome to look at, and I was sort of walking around with a mate who was like, oh, I don't get it, and what's this meant to mean? What's that meant to mean? And I sort of just look at it and just, just just, fall into the paintings, I just love them. Like, they art super duper excites me, and that can be just an awesome logo like someone who's designed an amazing logo or done some amazing motion graphics, or or you know, done like walking into Confession Co and the wood and the plants and the way that uh, Don and Sam have decked out Confession, like. I look at it and that excites me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a visual dude. I'm a visual dude. I love that stuff. But, um, you know, and that's not to say music. I mean, oh, man, I love music. Um, I play music and that excites me. I'm an excitable dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll flip it on the other end there. So, like, you've actually mentioned this before, but what has kept you up at night?
1: Yeah, my internal dialogue, my internal yeah. critic keeps me up at night. Um Funnily enough, I'm the kind of person that... There's a meme that goes around, like, on Reddit and stuff. It's a brain. And it goes, and, and, and it goes, are you asleep? And the brain's asking the person who's asleep. And the person goes, yes. And he goes, let me remind you of something you did 20 years ago. Yep. That happens to me constantly. And I will literally just wake up and go, yeah, I'm not getting back to sleep. And it can be literally... It can be literally just... Remember how you said that stupid thing to that girl when you were 16 and you liked her and she just looked at you like an idiot and walked away? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. yeah that was good, man. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you. That's your life. Wallow in that. Remember that, you know? So that that does keep me up at night. It used to be print jobs that I thought I'd stuffed up. Um, now it's, uh, I suppose, you know, worrying about my kids and things. But I'm, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. Um, Elle will tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a snorer. Um, so there's not too much stuff that wakes me up, but it's normally, it's normally remembering, remembering stupid stuff I did 20 years ago. Nice. <laughs> is there anything you just don't
0: understand? Not so much. Okay. So you can say you don't have time to invest it. You, like you don't want to understand Or is there just something like, why, why is that a thing? Or why is that <laughs>
1: happening? <laughs> um... Uh, TikToks? I don't know. <laughs> my daughter, you know, my daughter's just walking around like she's having a stroke and I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm doing a TikTok dance. I'm practicing. What do you think I'm doing? Dad, you're so old. You know, um, I suppose again, goes back to the, I just, yeah, I just don't get just trying to knock people down for, for having a crack. I just yep. don't get it. Like, why would you do that? Why? It doesn't benefit you. In fact, it makes It makes your world worse when you want to wish someone not to not succeed. Mm. Like it just it it makes your world smaller. Why would anyone, anybody, anywhere want to make their world smaller? I just yeah I just don't get it. I can't figure it out. You know, Um, you know. I mean, we all have times that we sit there and we look at someone who might be a competitor or someone who's vying for the same sort of thing. You look at them and you're like, oh man, why did they have to get that instead of me? And I get that. That's just natural human instinct, but just, just out in the public, just seeing someone, someone do something good, like why wouldn't you just go up and go, man, amazing job, well done, you know? Because there's in, in 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 that giving moment, I think I think everyone gets something out of that, yourself included. Yeah.
0: Do you reckon that'd be an ego thing?
1: Oh, it's definitely an ego thing. I mean, yeah, it's um, you know, and we've all got egos. I mean, man, I've got an ego. Don't worry about that. Um, and you know, and you sort of wish, oh well, you know, why isn't it my turn? Why didn't why didn't I get that? Um, but yeah, it's uh, you just gotta remember that that with every with every success, irrespective of whether it's yours or someone else's, it's making the world a better place and yeah. a bigger place. And that will only benefit you. And you will get success and you'll focus on it. But if you make success for success' sake, you might not get it, and when you do it won't mean nearly half as much as what it would have meant if you actually did it for the right reasons.
0: Bang. That's that's a bomb right there. What's the best compliment someone's ever given you?
1: <laughs>
0: um, uh, Is this that bit where you feel like a
1: dick? Yeah, like, you do. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, best compliment someone's ever given to me? Um, oh, man. I uh, da, 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 da. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's. You always sort of get a bit chuffed when someone goes, "Oh man, have you lost weight?" Like, mm. Yeah, man, I've been working at the gym. I have lost weight. Um, I'm terrible. I just, I'm, I'm fat, Ben, skinny, Ben, fat, Ben, skinny, Ben. I go up and down. And like <laughs> I can't help myself. I like chips and uh, burgers and things too much, so I got to catch myself. Um, oh, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't really think um, what it what it would be. I, I want to. Yeah. It's hard, I, isn't it? It is. It's super hard to actually think about what would be the best compliment anyone's ever given me. Um, uh, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I had a mate, of mine, uh, a very, very, very close friend of mine whose wife was having a bit, of, a bit of surgery yesterday here in Gambia, And I just said, you know, hey, mate, I'm, I'm definitely praying for you and Sarah uh, today. Like, you know, I hope it all goes well. And he wrote back, man, that means so much to me. Thank you. Like, to me that would be the best compliment I've oh. had at least in the last week. You know, that's um, that that's that's really beautiful that um you know that I mate that me, you know, praying for them or thinking of them means means a lot to them. So that's that's important for me. Yeah. All right man, we're coming coming to the end of it now.
0: So is there anything that you wanted me to ask you but I did not
1: <laughs> Um I don't think so. No. No, I don't uh I don't think uh I don't think I just yeah I've really enjoyed just ask, asking the questions and I think podcasts I've been on a couple of podcasts they're quite cathartic because I guess the questions prompt you to to think a little bit more deeply about what you do and what you think. Mm. Um, so no, I don't think I think I think that's a great question. Is there anything that you'd want that you'd want me to ask that you haven't I said? No, because everything you've asked has made me think a little bit more deeply about myself. So. I've expanded my horizon, and I hope that um, that the people listening have, have expanded their horizon a little bit as well, and, and yeah, maybe they've, it's prompted them to have a little bit of think about where they're, where they're at, and hopefully that's helped. Is there anything you want to ask me? Uh, I don't know anything about your businesses.
0: Yeah, um, well, at the moment, so as you know, Uft is now done and dusted, that was... It was a very interesting time. Very interesting time. I learned the, I guess, the monopoly of the food and business industry in yep. Gambia. I didn't really see that before. So it was almost like a, a behind the scenes in eight months. I yeah. saw a lot happen. Yep. Um. At the moment, there are some things. I've got a few gears turning, oiling this, oiling that, and hopefully I'm about to turn the crank on something. But um, I'll keep that under wraps just for now. But um, <laughs> other than that, man, it's just, I just enjoy like... Just getting uncomfortable, like, especially with this podcast, yeah, like, nice. I'm just like, people saying, like, I was I was floating the idea around. I was like, why don't I just do it? And, um, like, I think the biggest thing was like, oh, you know, like, 20 people will listen to it. But if I think about that, and you, you say you do public speaking and whatnot, if I'm standing in front of a room speaking to 20 people... That's actually kind of crazy, and I actually looked at the numbers today, and I've just ticked over five hundred. Five hundred yeah. people have listened and found my thing. Nice. And that's so crazy. That's yeah. a school.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a it's a whole it's a whole school of people. Um, and it's by choice. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're so, not forcing. <laughs> so
0: that's that's really that's really hit 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 me like, not for six, but it's really like going wow, I can actually, you know, when I put energy into something, it's it, not to I guess toot my own horn, but like. When you put energy in something that you really want to work, um, it
1: works. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to ask you this too, one more. Yeah. Um, with my council hat on. What, in 20 years' time, what would you like to see Mount Gambier looking like? Ooh, okay. I really, more,
0: not diverse, but more cultured eateries. Yeah. I really, really want a good dumpling place.
1: <laughs> don't be <laughs> all, don't be all.
0: Um, but yeah, food options, um, I, I want to change that monopoly of... Um, and I've, I've caught myself on it. Instead of going to the regular places now, I do dip my toes in other places just to see what it's like. And I think that's really important yeah. for a town to grow to, not have that, this is the place where I get my coffee or this is the place where I go and eat it on a Friday night. Literally change it up and there's some really good places here. Like, it's it's crazy to, to see that. So yeah, I'd really like some new some new eateries, some more culture, um, cultured places to eat. I I'm really looking forward to this recreational centre. I'm I'm super keen on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely spend some time there. Sweet. But I guess the other thing would be, I want a place for non or people that don't rely on alcohol or drinking to be like say open past one o'clock. Yeah, cool. Like something to do. Yeah. I, like, I mean, there aren't I, mean, I guess, again, being only like 30,000 people, but there are some places in Adelaide and Melbourne, they've got like and not that it's for everyone, I understand that taking the risk in this sort of business would be quite difficult, but they've got like a, it's a games shop. So you go there, they have tapas and like hot chocolates and stuff and you just play board games and the, <laughs> and the staff's job is to teach you how to play the game. Yeah, sweet. So that's really, really cool. Or even just like um, like an arcade or just Something like that. We used to have that sort of stuff. And, like, um, I just want to be able to do... Not that there's not much to do. And I think, like, man, look at the nature. Look where we're sitting right now. There's, yeah. It's crazy. But when it rains or when there's something I can go to and do something, um, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be
1: cool. That would be cool. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on all points. Like, you know, some, yeah, some um, some diversity with regards to, to eateries uh, in the CBD. Yeah, and some, and some places where it's just... Yeah, it's it's cool just to chill and hang and relax, and it's not predicated on you know getting getting smashed.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say because not everyone like I don't want to go to the pub.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I want to go somewhere else and
1: yeah, do something. Yeah, I think I yeah, and I think look, I think we're I think we're we're on the cusp in Mount Gambier. We're we're ready to do that. I think more people are taking more chances and more risks in 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 doing those types of things, and um, you know, I think I think we need to foster that and we need to promote that and we need to. We need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate people who are, who are having a crack, mm. um, and, and and give them as much help as they can, whether that's from council or RDA or the LCLGA or wherever. Um, give them, give people the tools to to jump, you know, feet first into those types of things because yeah. it's only going to make the city better. 100%. It's only going to expand everyone else's you know little universe, and um, and and we're going to be happier and better and healthier for it. So, yeah. So that, that's what I reckon. Spot on,
0: mate. Nice All right. work. Last two questions, man.
1: Yeah. If there was a billboard
0: that had a piece of advice with your name underneath, what would it say?
1: <laughs> 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 um, uh, the last time I had billboards around the city, someone drew glasses and a moustache on them on my, on my council core fleet, so they might do that this again. Um, uh, what would Ben Hood say? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't want to be too negative, but it'd probably be something along the lines of, "Yeah, you aren't you aren't your mistakes, or nothing's nothing so bad that it can't get better." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that, off the top of my head. Um, no, this is what I would say: We are so fortunate to live in the twenty first century. You might as well have a crack.
0: I, like I stole that, that off Adam Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, man. Last question. We'll yep. finish it off here. If there's someone listening here right now, and there's one thing that you really want them to absorb from our chat, what is it?
1: Yeah, it's that. It's that thing that I've you know been constant learning for me over my life. Is, is just don't don't listen to don't listen to the internal voice. Um, catch yourself in it. Pull yourself out of it. Um, know that that you're worth it. Um, that. That you are, you know, that you're a human being that is gonna stuff up, that's mm-hmm. gonna make mistakes. That that is not you. Um, that that what you love to do is important. Um, embrace that um, and run with it as far as as far and as long as you can. And at every point in your life, just try and be kind. Man, that was that was a good shout. <laughs> Man, I enjoyed it. I loved it.
0: All right, guys, so if you have taken uh, any wisdom or some some knowledge that you'd you'd like to share, definitely take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your socials. Also, um, some people are starting to request some names that they want me to have a chat to. I'm very open in talking to anyone, any age, any gender. Let me know. Send me a DM, um, and I'll see if I can get them on the show. Other than that, man, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks, mate.